Welcome, friends. Welcome. This is James Corbett of The Corbett Report at CorbettReport.com. I'm coming to you here in January of 2021 with the great pleasure of introducing and welcoming you to a brand new podcast series from The Corbett Report, Solutions Watch, which, exactly as you would expect from a title like that, is a series that hopes to introduce and critically analyze the various proposed solutions to the problems that we are facing. Now, if you would like the context... Welcome back, friends. Welcome back to Solutions Watch. I am James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and this, of course, is the Solutions Watch series. And what you have just witnessed there, of course, as you will remember, is the introduction to this series that was released way back on the 7th of January of 2021. Do you remember that? I hope you do. Because, as I noted in a recent edition of New World Next Week, I think it is in all of our interests to revisit that introduction to this series from time to time, to remind ourselves of what the purpose of this series is, uh, what it actually, what I expect it to do, what I hope it will accomplish, and to set our expectations for it accordingly. Um, It is absolutely worth re-watching that mission statement, because everything I said about that and everything that I noted about the types of feedback that was likely to come on the Solutions Watch series is highly relevant. And uh, so, as I said, I should probably repost that every week to the front page of the website. I did repost it, as you might have seen, to the front page of the website a week or two ago, and I got some comments. Why are you reposting this, James? (laughs) Well, get used to it, because I will repost it again in the future. But I will not make you sit through the whole introduction to Solutions Watch once again this time, uh, because we have a lot to get through today. Today we are going through 2021, year in review, because as I did say in that introduction to Solutions Watch, part of Solutions Watch will be stopping from time to time to take stock of where we are and what's happening and is, is this working? What is working? What isn't working? How have things progressed? Because, as you might notice from the corporate-controlled mainstream media, uh, the news cycle is just the never-ending flow of, oh, today's soap opera that we're telling you is important. And you should know about this detail about what happened in Uganda yesterday, despite the fact that it has no relevance to your particular life. Uh, You should be focusing on this story, and now this story, and now this story, and then this story, and never contextualize it, never put pieces together, and never ever follow up to see how things have progressed, right? Well, then if that's what the corporate-controlled mainstream media is doing, perhaps we should try something different. So I'm going to go through the Solutions Watch series today with you to remind us all of what it is that we've looked at this year and to see, take stock of what solutions have been useful, what have not, and where things have gone. So in that regard, I did solicit your feedback uh, at the end of last week's edition of Solutions Watch. I realized that was not the prime placement for such a solicitation, so there wasn't a great deal of response, but there was some response and there has been a lot of response over the year uh, throughout the, the course of the year to the series in, of course, the comments section at CorbettReport.com. So uh, all of the links to all of these individual episodes will be there. Of course, you can always just go to the homepage and just hover over the audio tab, and then you will see the Solutions Watch tab. You click on that, and you will get the full Solutions Watch series. And there's a drop-down list. If you click on that drop-down list, you can look at every, scroll through every single episode and bring one up instantaneously. For anyone who doesn't know how to use a website, it is very handy for doing so. But anyway, all of the links to all of the things will be uh, in the show notes for this episode at 
corbettreport.com slash 2021 solutions. That will be the short link. So um, that's where you'll be able to find all of this material and uh, the links to it. And you can go and scroll through the comments and things that we've received. Just on, as a general note on the series, I do note that uh, sub Corporate Report subscriber Buzz did leave a comment uh, in last week's edition of Solutions Watch about, I think, the series in general that I think is a good way to set the tone and set the table for today. So let's read through that comment. Uh, Buzz writes, Hello, James. I have to comment as I have a small four in number group with whom I share alternative information. We thrive on Solutions Watch. Thank you. No hashtag? Come on. (laughs) It is the only video news source that we can all agree on. Nobody argues the normie position on these shows when they are broadcast. I, of course, am the only one who is totally convinced of the validity of the alternative position as being closer to the truth than the MSM, Gov, and TV. Your evaluation should include the subjective side of those, like my group, who are split on vaccines, corruption, billionaires, and all the rest. It is because of your open-sourced approach, well-researched information, and clear presentations that your news reports carry sway. The first day we met as a discussion group, the first question I was asked is, how do we find solutions? That was three years ago, and every episode we recorded this year has helped us to move closer to finding our goal. And then he goes on to describe their goal, um, what really is turning the wheels of our modern society. And he says that he believes that the idea of narrative is the best insight to come from Solutions Watch this year. And I agree. I think that's an exceptionally foundationally important uh, insight into the way that the world really operates and one that uh, we should be concentrating on as we look for solutions. So thank you for that, Buzz. I do appreciate that that feedback and good to hear that this is not falling on deaf ears, that there are people who are paying attention to this. So let's dive into it. You might recall, or you might not, that the first proper episode of Solutions Watch after the the first introductory episode, so episode number two, was Freedom Cells and the Greater Reset, which was the inaugural edition where I talked to John Bush of Live Free Now about not only Freedom Cells, which of course we've talked about in the past with Derek Bros of the Conscious Resistance, but we also were talking about the Greater Reset Activation, a, uh, a conference both online and uh, in real life that was taking place in January, um, just a few weeks after we recorded that conversation, and I was one of the speakers there. So the follow-up and to that particular episode of Solutions Watch would be to note that, of course, that did result in episode 394 of the Corbett Report podcast, Solutions Survival Currency, which if you haven't checked out, you probably should. I think that's an important solution that unfortunately I didn't see get picked up on or talked about very much at all in the independent media this year, with some notable exceptions that we'll get into later. Uh, Another uh, 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 speech at that conference that I think is worth your time and attention, The Greater Food Transformation, which was Christian Westbrook uh, presentation to The Greater Reset Activation. I think that was there were some good insights in that, that we did talk about later on in Solutions Watch, actually. So um, those are a couple of things that resulted from that episode specifically. Episode 3 was posted on the 19th of January, 2021. It was Freedom Airway, and this one was very popular at the time, got a lot of attention. This was back in the day. Do you remember when I used to be on YouTube? <laughs> and this this very quickly garnered uh, 100,000 plus of those meaningless internet points known as views that who knows how they're calculating them. Anyway, there was a lot of response to this. Um, it was when we talked to Professor Dolores Cahill. We were talking about this idea for Freedom Airway and Freedom Travel Alliance, creating travel options that don't require masks, vaccines, quarantines, etc. 
And there was an interesting update that did come out and that I did address in a future Solutions Watch. Uh, there was a Reuters fact check posted on that interview, and I did address that at the end of uh, the subsequent Solutions Watch. Um, so there, that's the status of that. I have received an update about the Freedom Travel Alliance from the Freedom Travel Alliance, who noted some of the things that they have actually accomplished this year. They note that we have had six successful Freedom flights servicing both our members and one providing uh, round-trip round transportation from the UK to a Freedom event in Copenhagen, which included our internal team. Uh, we helped our members use our innovative and lawful process, processes to navigate inside the commercial travel sector to take trips successfully. We have 60k subscribers and move in over and members in over 81 countries. We are setting FTA, the Freedom Travel Alliance, to be the first charter broker serving the natural freedom traveler, uh, boasting close to a thousand businesses, providers, and product creators who are listing themselves inside our Freedom Travel Guide, which is. An interesting resource that might be handy to people who are, uh, well, even if you're looking for someone in your local area, there may be someone there. Um, we are currently pioneering and paving the way uh, how a freedom business can be built when it is unsupported by the traditional system. So for finding payment alternative platforms, um, finding alternative CRM services, because uh, the uh, ability to send bulk emails and newsletters is one that can be and often is revoked at a moment's notice by corporations of various kinds, um, sourcing new networks, uh, moving off the iCloud platform and into in-house data storage. That's a good idea, um, et cetera, et cetera. Building like-minded hive to help meet. Uh, so they're having member forum events, webinar series, freedom talk interviews, freedom travel guide, et cetera, et cetera. And so people who are interested in keeping up with the Freedom Travel Alliance and the various things that they are doing, you might want to uh, visit them directly at freedomtravelalliance.com. Okay, the fourth episode of Solutions Watch was The Great Reopening. And this was from the end of January, just at that time when we were starting to see perhaps the first wave of reopenings after the first wave of major lockdowns and what have you, and people were getting quite rest restless. So uh, that I was highlighting a lot of the things that were taking place uh, in the resistance movement at that time and uh, things that were happening. I'll have more to say on that uh, later, but uh, just note that that was happening at that time. And I did note a, a lot of positive feedback about that episode at the time. There were a lot of people saying, I didn't know any of this was happening. Thank you for highlighting it, which I think is part actually of what Solutions Watch is about. You're not going to hear a lot of this information from the controlled corporate media. So we, in the alternative media, I don't understand why anyone who has an alternative media outlet wouldn't be trying their best to broadcast these types of things rather than following the MSM tale about the latest disaster or what have you. Uh, the next episode, uh, episode five of Solutions Watch, was Citizens for Free Speech, where we talked to P Patrick Wood of citizensforfreespeech.org um, about his organization, which at that time had 26,000 members and was seeking to activate people and at the local level and teach them how to communicate their ideas and combat the threats to fundamental freedoms. Uh, so I got this update from Patrick Wood uh, just this past week. He said, During 2021, our national membership has continued to grow rapidly. We have relaunched our social media platform for local activists that, that include an e-learning center featuring, featuring the Citizen Ninja Way, basic and advanced training courses. And you might remember the Citizen Ninja idea from our conversation in Solutions Watch. Uh, more courses are on the way, all to help the local activist 
be more successful. We are now building strategic relationships with other organizations to offer our training and support services to their members as well. Next year will be pivotal for CFFS as we launch a new podcast in January, as well as Citizen Ninja study groups in all 50 states. We are dead serious about stimulating the exercise of free speech and the exercise of all First Amendment rights throughout America. If these rights are extinguished, tyranny will prevail and America will be thrown into the dustbin of history. So if you're interested in any of that or keeping up to date with that, I hope you will visit citizensforfreespeech.org. The sixth edition of Solutions Watch posted up in February uh, 2021. Uh, We're talking about Canadian government delays mandatory traveler quarantine, talking about a success that had been scored by the JCCF, the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms at jccf.ca. We're talking to John Carpe about that, about that issue in particular, but as a springboard to talking about the JCCF in general and some of the things that it was doing to help Canadians fight back against the abrogations of their basic constitutional rights, etc., Uh, I did solicit JCCF for an update for this edition of Solutions Watch. I did not hear back from them. So I am getting their email updates. I know that they are continuing to do court cases and what have you, but I don't know if they're not interested in updating us or what the situation is there. Maybe if there are Canadians out there who know about that, they can fill us in on that. Uh, The seventh edition of Solutions Watch, Unplugging from the Matrix, uh, where we talked to Tim Kilkenny of Revelations Radio News, which I will note... Tim and Andrew have been off for a couple of months as they've been moving to Oklahoma, both of them, individually with their families, moving to Oklahoma. Um, And we were talking at that time in February with Tim about the idea of unplugging and how to get off of the big tech monopoly machine and the hamster treadmill of the social media um, uh, routine that people fall into. How do you if not completely get rid of your devices, which, hey, if that's possible, hey, go for it. It was nice knowing you, (laughs) but I guess I won't be seeing you. But if that isn't uh, possible all in one fell swoop, at the very least, you can do things to start limiting your time, limiting your participation on the control platforms, etc. And that's what we were talking about with Tim. And I did get this update from Tim just uh, this past week where he said, overall, I would say the struggle, obviously the struggle for unplugging and finding that space, uh, continues. I still don't have a Reddit or Facebook account, and my personal Twitter is gone, but I find Twitter to be the hardest one to give up. And I've heard that from many people. It's interesting. That seems to be the drug that a lot of people have taken. I'm glad. I'm so glad I got rid of it in 2018. My life has never been better. Do it, Tim. You can do it. Everyone out there listening, get rid of Twitter. You can do it. It is not that important in the, in the big scheme of things. <laughs> I use the Revelation Radio News uh, uh, Twitter to look for stories and breaking news. In that way, Twitter is very tough to replace. No, it isn't. There are other ways of doing it. RSS is the way to go, man. <laughs> On the solutions front, I have been using Mastodon and exploring the Fediverse a bit. Very interesting and definitely perhaps potentially fodder for future Solutions Watch there. For people, I'm sure there are a lot of people in the crowd who have no idea what Mastodon or Fediverse is, and that's a problem. So we should uh, probably bring that to their attention. So, So getting back to Tim, he says, Also a few months ago, I dumped my iPhone and have been using Graphene OS. Just my little ways of wrestling back control of my digital life slash footprint. Okay, awesome, Tim. Glad to hear it. Um, And for anyone else who is taking the unplugging challenge, please do share your experience of how that's going. What has worked for you? It is like an addiction. It really is. And how can you step away? 
and it's the worst kind of addiction, like a food addiction or something. You can't just give up food altogether. You have to eat. So how do you do it in a responsible way? Well, assuming you can't break the technological chain completely, how can you use technology more thoughtfully? It's a, it is a struggle. So I appreciate Tim sharing that with the audience. I think it is important to see how this is an ongoing thing that does take more research. So anyway, having said that, as I just mentioned, RSS, the next edition of Solutions Watch, episode 8 on February 23rd, 2021, was really simple syndication, which was talking about a simple, a tiny little tip, a little technological tool that everyone should know about called really simple syndication, RSS. It's a very simple idea. Instead of going through Twitter or what have you, some social media platform to get your news, why not sign up directly for the RSS feed of various sites? Oh, I like this site, I like that site, I like that site. You create your own RSS feed, you get a feed reader, and you can import all of those feeds and you can browse through all of your favorite websites at a moment's notice and you can choose to click on the ones you want and choose to discard the ones you don't. It's a, it is a handy way of doing exactly what we were talking about in Unplugging from the Matrix, is taking control of the technology so it doesn't take control of you, which is precisely why RSS, such a simple tool, has been such an important and very basic tool for internet browsing for the past couple of decades. That's why the social media companies have worked so hard to basically make it so RSS, what's that? I've never heard of it. Exactly right, because it does cut into Fedbook and Twitter and all of those controlled platforms, because you do not need them to get your news. Um, so it is, it again, it's such a simple thing, but so important. And if you don't know it, you're missing out. So I hope it, for anyone who doesn't know about Really Simple Syndication, please do follow the link and go and watch or rewatch that episode of Solutions Watch. I will note if you want some of the feedback and things that I've received about it and the importance of this idea, you can uh, find that in interview 1632 on corporatereport.com, which was my latest appearance on Unregistered with Thaddeus Russell. Um, so I hope people have started using it. I did get some feedback from people who said, I just discovered this. Thank you. I'm just getting into it now. Uh, I'd like to hear how it's going and whether it has made people's lives better. Um, number nine, uh, Solutions Watch number nine, uh, March 2nd, 2021, how to prevent, present info for visual listener, or visual learners, <laughs> visual listeners, I wonder what that is, um, where we were talking to Etienne de la Boite Squared, the author of Government, The Biggest Scam in History, which is a book that explores this very idea. Um, how do you present information in a visual way? Well, here is an example. So we were going through that book and the, uh, I think, very, very great example of how to present info for visual listeners. And I'm not the only one who thought that. Uh, after that conversation was posted, I note that the I believe the site was down for a little while. Uh, they had to ultimately take the uh, the ability to buy the book down for a day or two because they were overwhelmed with orders and completely ran out of stock, couldn't get it printed in time. So <laughs> there, there was a lot of response to that episode. And, and I'm glad there was because it is a great tool, I think, for unlocking minds. And on that note, we had uh, this feedback from subscribe, Corporate Report subscriber Yu Jim, who wrote, uh, for the visual learning episode after watching, I bought a handful of copies of Government, the Biggest Scam in History. I've now given away more than 20 copies and some Liberator flash drives I made as well. And people can find out more about that in our conversation on Solutions Watch. I give these to people to help uh, other wake, to help wake other people up or to 
uh, people who are actually starting to ask questions about what's going on. The back cover with all the politicians with halos is how I look hook people, and it works like a charm. You can't unsee that, and it really sticks with people. Okay, that's that's the general tenor of the feedback I've had from that episode. Um, specifically, The Government, The Biggest Scam in History is a very popular book with people who are looking to wake people up quickly and in visual format and easy to understand, laid out in a way that you can just... It's a coffee table book. You can just glance through it and get the ideas. So it's very effective at that. And update. So for people who do find it to be an effective tool, you can be part in bringing out the next edition of Government, the Biggest Scam in History. Um, more of which information is available at the Art of Liberty uh, website, but um, specifically uh, there's an Indiegogo campaign um, that Etchen de la Boite Squared has just launched to help fund the uh, production of the fifth edition of that book. What makes this book so effective is that we've presented this information in the perfect way to share with others. You see, most people are visual learners and they come to insight much faster when they're presented with visuals that illustrate complex information. The book has taken off like a rocket in the past several months, selling thousands of copies to 20 plus countries. What is even cooler is after reading the book, people are buying our friends bundles of five or 10 copies. We've sold over 850 copies as gifts and friends bundles. We're getting reports from around the world of people donating copies to libraries, putting them into little neighborhood mini libraries, making them coffee table books and Airbnbs, and small business owners putting them out for customers in waiting rooms, cafes, barber and coffee shops. We're on Indiegogo to help fund a new and expanded fifth edition of the book with new content exposing the scam of the COVID, the DARPA front companies that are algorithmically censoring the internet, and the unethically manipulative techniques used on the military. We are expanding our informational flash drive, the Liberator, to 32 gigabytes, containing information not only on the evidence of false flag terrorism for police state and hope shootings for gun control in previous editions, but also showcasing the government's foreknowledge of the COVID pandemic. Plus, we equip you with folders on volunteerism, explaining the market mechanisms that negate the need for government and prove that the world is a self-organizing place that produces spontaneous order. If you're a small business owner, we're also creating a guerrilla retail kit just for you. This gives you everything you need to host a pop-up bookstore and share in the profits of the book while educating your community. If you've ever wanted the right tools to share the ideas of liberty with your friends, family, and colleagues, then we'd love to help. Would you please consider pre-ordering a copy of the book, The Liberator Flash Drive, a friend's bundle, or one of our retail merchandising kits today? Thank you. All right, if you're interested in that, of course you can go to the Solutions Watch episode where we talk to Etchen about the book. But you can also, of course, follow the link in the show notes to the book homepage, or you can go to the Indiegogo campaign page where you can watch that video in its entirety and or find out more information and or pre-order your copy of the fifth edition and help to make that possible. So all of those links will be in the show notes, corporatereport.com slash 2021 solutions. 
Moving right along, the 10th episode of the series, Investing in Agorism, which was a roundtable that we had uh, featuring Tim Pachote, the Liberty Advisor, uh, Jack Spurko, the Survival Podcast, and Sal Mayweather, the the Agorist uh, Podcast. We talked about investing in liberty and how to create, how to create business, how to create wealth, how to invest, but also what investment means. And planting a tree is an investment. Uh, looking at different ways of conceptualizing what wealth is and how we create it. And uh, there was some feedback from that, but I, I note most specifically, I believe after that conversation, Tim Pachote became so overwhelmed that he had to start turning away new customers. And I know I did personally refer a few people to him, um, but also just the the podcast itself, I think, got him some attention. I don't know. I, I would suggest if you are interested in that, rewatch the conversation. And if you're still interested, get in touch, touch with Tim and see if uh, perhaps he has more time at the moment. Um Moving right along, uh, the 11th episode of the series, Homesteading Solutions Watch, uh, which was posted on March 16th, 2021, where we talked to formerly known as the urban farmer, Curtis Stone, uh, who is now homesteading. And we talked about the uh, homesteading solution, taking the stead pill and uh, creating your own pocket away from the urban madness, where you can carve out a space to provide for yourself and your family. So uh, I did solicit and received this update from Curtis, who I'm sure we'll be talking to again in the future in more detail, but he said, one thing about living off-grid and taking ownership of the four nexuses of human survival, food, water, shelter, and energy, is that each of these tasks require daily work, as well as a ton of work on the front end to get it all operational. But the empowering part of that is that all of the work that goes into these tasks is yours and yours alone. It isn't stolen through taxation, inflated, or siphoned away with bank fees and surcharges. Like the old saying goes, with freedom comes responsibility. Here's a summary of these four nexuses of human survival and how they've affected us this year. Regarding food, the growing part is obvious, but what is often, most often overlooked is the additional preparation it takes. When you're growing your own stuff, you still have to do the work such as the cleaning, trimming, canning, freezing, and storing. These things are always underestimated by homesteaders. We spent way more time doing all of that than the growing itself. Regarding water, we have a 400-foot deep well that produces amazing water right from the mountain at a seemingly unlimited capacity. That water is more pure than anything we could buy. However, it is very hard, so quite a bit of time and resources has gone into filtering it so that our pipes don't constantly get clogged. Also, with our present situation, we didn't finish the home we were building, so we're still in the cabin where uh, where we did our last interview. Uh, the water here is stored in a 40,000 liter cistern, so we had to make sure that it was topped up from the well before the freezing weather came. As far as our shelter goes, about three hours a month goes into chopping firewood and probably 30 minutes a day goes into maintaining fires and keeping our buildings warm. Now that the snow is here, some days I'm spending up to a few hours to keep paths clear so we can walk around safely and my construction crew can get up uh, our one kilometer driveway with four switchbacks. The driveway was actually something I totally underestimated in general. So far this year, I've spent about $40,000 and at least two weeks of man hours improving it for delivery vehicles. Regarding energy, we are totally off-grid. We have a 20-kilowatt solar system with 96 kilowatt hours of battery storage, as well as a 13-kilowatt diesel backup generator. For eight months of the year, spring, summer, fall, the system requires very little attention because we are overproducing power. That excess power goes into pumping water uphill for the farm irrigation and fire suppression infrastructure and charging our electric car. 
During winter, it needs pretty constant oversight. Since most of our power comes from solar, during the darkest days near the winter solstice, we have around 8 hours of light, but are also pretty socked in with clouds. In November, for example, we had only about 6 days with actual sunlight coming through. I'm constantly monitoring our energy usage and battery levels, as well as the temperature of the room that the batteries are stored in. I actually have a wood stove in there, and I need to make it sure it stays at least 3, 3 degrees Celsius, otherwise the batteries will shut down if they get to freezing temperature. Of course, once more... Uh, once more of our infrastructure is all complete, this whole system will be a lot more automated. All in all, it's been a fantastic experience, and as people in the corporate state of British Columbia have been experiencing manufactured fuel and food shortages, power outages, and fear-mongering from the government, we have been totally unaffected. Up here, we're living free, but again, that all comes with great responsibility. Okay, thank you, Curtis, for the update, and yeah, that's a lot of work, but... You can decide for yourself whether that is something that you want to pursue for yourself and whether that's the kind of family freedom that you uh, that you want to work for. All right, uh, the 12th episode of the series, Flash Mobs for Freedom, was posted on March 23rd, 2021. And in that edition, we were talking about the idea of flash mobs and how they can be used to raise awareness, raise attention, uh, or for more practical uses, to actually go shopping in defiance of a mass compliance order or what have you. Um, and I examined that and examined various groups that were doing that in some ways that I think it probably worked better than others. But at any rate, the idea is out there. I haven't had a lot of feedback about that concept this year, and I haven't seen a lot more examples of the flash mob. If anyone has any particular instances of that they can share, please do so. Uh, the 31st, uh, sorry, the 13th, I'm jumping a little bit ahead of myself. The 13th edition of the series was Salting Your Data, uh, which was posted on March 31st of 2021. And uh, that was just, again, a simple trick, um, concept even, just instead of giving every website and everyone who ever asks your data about your birthday and your full name, middle name spelt out all correctly and all of that, uh, how about just creating some fake information now and then. It's not its not necessarily a bad thing. Not everyone needs to know everything about you. So I explored that idea. Um, I haven't had a lot of specific feedback about that concept, except to say that I have noticed that some people have started uh, including that concept when they're emailing me or giving me feedback they they might say oh you know i'm 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 i haven't salted my data that's my real name or something like that or i'm salting my data so you don't know uh, so I, I if nothing else just introducing that concept to, into the vernacular i think makes it worth it uh number 14 of the series was stand in the park which was a simple little video i did in the local park here in japan where hey, look, you can be outside even in defiance of local lockdown orders or what have you. Standing in the park um, is a way, is an act of defiance in a time like this. And, uh, and I was noting it uh, in the context of the stand in the park movement, phenomenon, whatever it is that you want to call it, activism, whatever it is, however you conceptualize that, there is the stand in the park movement that I believe originated in the UK and spread around the world. Am I right about that? Maybe it was Australia. At any rate, um, it is now uh, an international phenomenon and it has taken off, I think, over the, the year. And I, I, I know there are groups that have been active at that. I don't know the current status of those groups, if you happen to be in one. I'm all ears for the updates on that. Um, but I will note, uh, specifically with regards to feedback on this subject, I will note, interestingly, the first comment 
in the comment thread for that edition of Solutions Watch was by Corporate Report subscriber Laughing Buddha. And then in October, in an October edition of Solutions Watch, um, the picnic protest edition, uh, Laughing Buddha was commenting saying, hey, James, you should cover Stand in the Park in Solutions Watch. <laughs> and it had to be pointed out, actually, not only has James already covered that, but you actually commented on that. So that's just an interesting moment to reflect on that because we are so used to just following this story, this story, this story, this story, sometimes we forget what it is that we have actually already learned. And uh, it that's why this type of review, I think, is valuable. We do need to recall all of the different things that have been put out there and tried and, oh yeah, I forgot about that. And, oh yeah, that didn't work. Whatever it is, whatever the feedback is, I think it's important. Okay, the 15th edition of the series was Choosing Chickens, where we talked to Jack Spierko, again, of the Survival Podcast, about, it was ostensibly about the idea of how to choose the right uh, chicken breed for your backyard or your uh, homestead, but really the conversation was about permaculture and the concept of permaculture and how you choose and design things so that the systems work um, work together and work in ways that you don't need to maintain them um, so diligently. And that was a concept that I know struck a chord with some people, including uh, Corp Report subscriber Taurus, who had this particular feedback about that. She says, uh, I have been a suburban vegetable gardener for a while now, and increasing my family's level of food independence has felt ever more pressing this past year. We had been considering the addition of some small animals. Jack Spierko provided va valuable insight on how to choose the right chickens, but it was the broader discussion of permaculture that ultimately grabbed my interest. I'd heard the term mentioned mentioned initially by the Ice Age farmer, but your conversation with this, new to me, survival podcaster, was the first I'd heard permaculture discussed at length, so I followed some links to the show notes. The following month, your Red Pill interview with Dakota Cohen added to my curiosity, and I explored the world of permaculture even further. Around this time, a friend told us about his neighbor, who happened to teach a permaculture design course in the area. That moment felt completely serendipitous, and I was compelled to sign up for the program. I made the choice to invest in myself. Investing in agorism. Uh, the wealth of knowledge I have already obtained in the first few classes only scratches the surface of the lifelong learning this field of study offers. But this course is more than lectures about systems, designs, or techniques. Permaculture is rooted in values and principles that can be grafted into any lifestyle. As I am moving through the lessons, I am experiencing a tran transformative new way of interacting with my surroundings. Uh... And I just lost my place. Sorry about that. Uh, in a notable lecture, we were introduced to Chicken Charts, a somewhat endearing name for an analytical tool used to evaluate a system or elements within them. Uh, Jack Spierko discusses this as needs and yields or inputs and outputs. He gives an example of how his duck's waste is used to fertilize and water his trees. A chicken chart is a decision-making tool that can easily be applied nearly any time there is a choice to be made. Ah, yes, choice. Permaculture is about choosing what works for you while considering your, your unique variables given your specific environment. It's a lovely lens to look through. But as we know, there is also the distorted lens of the globalist control freaks, those attempting to choke out our right to choose, strip us of spontaneity, relieve us of our responsibility, and wish to free us from our freedom. These delusional minds want to do the choosing for us, thinking they know better. Perhaps they realize that this gift of choice is humanity's great power. Unfortunately, the technocratic takeover has already begun, but that system will undoubtedly prove unsustainable like so many of our current systems. 
There is uplifting news, however. The Agora is here as well, energetic and evolving. If It is this system which is sustaining our freedom of choice, supporting our needs, and producing satisfying yields for those who choose to participate. Some choices we make in life are easy and obvious. Others require careful consideration, analysis, and deliberation. But ultimately, a choice is to be made. As for me and my family, we will be choosing chickens. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for that feedback, Taurus. I, that, I couldn't have said it better. Those are some very important and inspiring words, and I think you frame it very well there. It is about choice, which absolutely does come with responsibility. And yeah, oh, don't worry, we'll free you from this burden of freedom. You can just do whatever, you just sit back, microwave whatever crap we, we feed you from the supermarket, and everything is taken care of. You don't have to work to actually provide for your family, right? That's so much effort. Well, the choice is yours for now. All right, uh, moving on, 16th episode of Solutions Watch was Forging Vaccine Passports, where we looked at the, of course, the growing problem of vaccine passports, green passes, as they're uh, called in many places. And what do we do about that? And of course, the first level answer, the knee-jerk answer that a lot of people might have is, hey, forge one. If you can get a forged vaccine passport on the black market, hey, black market provides. So we looked at that concept, but I hope that you stayed around long enough um, to hear my warnings about that idea and how it may be applied, um, saying, well, I, I don't know, I can't speak to your specific circumstances and what you need in a specific moment for a specific purpose, but on the general concept, is this the solution to the problem? Is this a structural solution to the problem of vaccine passports? It absolutely, assuredly is not. And the more that we play into the system, by, oh, look, I'll just forge a vaccine passport and it works for now good enough, the more that we ultimately actually in, uh, institutionalize that system. We are playing into it. We are participating in it. So I do not think it is a good idea in the long run or a structural solution. Uh, unfortunately, it seems that the NFL players and others <laughs> only listened to the first part of that Solutions Watch episode because, <laughs> as you may have seen, a lot of them have been being caught with their vaccine passports. They're forged vaccine passports. Anyway, moving on. Uh, the 17th edition of the series, How to De-Google, where we talk to Rob Braxman, uh, the internet privacy guy, about de-googling phones, etc. Um, moving away from Google Maps and GooTube and Google Drive and Gmail and all of the other gooey, disgusting ways that big tech ins uh, inserts its fingers into your digital private life. Um uh, there was some, uh, there was a lively commentary in the comment section of that edition of the series, so I'll refer refer you to that. Uh, I haven't had any feedback about that recently, but I do from time to time. I do put uh, uh, Rob Braxman videos in the recommended viewing section of the Corporate Report subscriber newsletter. So um, uh, hopefully, Corporate Report viewers are our members are keeping up to date with his work. Uh, 18, number 18, uh, was Bicots, which was a Solutions Watch episode about the idea of Bicots. And again, a simple idea, question mark, right? Uh, you've heard of boy boycotts, surely. Yes, I'm boycotting that business. I don't like what they're doing. I'm not going to buy from them. But there is, there is a flip side to that coin, a Bicot. Hey, I like that business. I like what they're doing. I'm going to give them my business. I'm going to I'm going to go out of my way to make sure I buy, you know, I go to that cafe and have a drink there cuz they're uh, they're 
health freedom compliant or whatever, right? Uh, whatever it is, you it, it's not just boycotting. It's not just eliminating those things from our lives that we don't want. It's also supporting those people and businesses that are doing things that we want to support. And again, that's just a little mental switch that we need to flip from time to time to realize there is another side of the coin. And it isn't just about focusing on the negative. It is about supporting what we want to create in the on the planet. And I believe, off the top of my head, I believe Andrew Hoffman either mentioned that in a conversation where I was on Revelation Radio News, or they mentioned it in the podcast at some point. But I, I seem to recall, maybe it wasn't Andrew Hoffman, but someone I remember saying, oh yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't heard of, I hadn't thought of that concept, or I hadn't heard that before. So I, I hope, at the very least, I have switched at least one person's mental switch on that issue to see that it's not just boycotts, it's also boycotts. Um, but I haven't heard of any successful boycotts or any campaigns or anything Um if there are any campaigns of that sort going around, let me know about them. I'd be interested to hear about it. Um, number 19 of Solutions Watch was non-compliance at travel checkpoints, where we talked to Dan Dix of PressForTruth.ca, where we uh, we looked at the video of how he responded to a may I see your papers, please, road ch- uh, travel checkpoint that was in place in BC at that time. And uh, we talked about non-compliance and how it can be applied in that specific situation and more generally. And so I just received this update from Dan about this topic. He says, travel restrictions have been lifted in BC. However, mask mask and vax pass mandates have been extended, creating all sorts of new opportunities to not comply with the tyranny. I am not vaccinated and I don't wear masks and I've managed to continue to live my life in the way that I want to. And the reason why, to put it simply, is that I'm exempt because I say I am. I'm not being arrogant about that. It's just how it is. Back when it was two weeks to flatten the curve, we were told that there are exemptions to the mandates and that no one can ask you to provide proof of your exemption So I've been living by that example and it's been working out. Having said that, my best piece of advice throughout all of this is to remain calm, cool, and collected when dealing with enforcers of COVID-1984 because, for the most part, they are not fans of this either. I've developed certain terminology that works well depending on the situation. Like, for example, anytime I walk into a store that has mandatory mask signs all over it and someone approaches me saying you need to have a mask on, I'll often say, I'm not able to wear one, unfortunately. It's it's entirely true. I'm not able to because it goes against my intellect. And the word unfortunately passively lets the enforcer know that I'm not being selfish as the media wants them to think, but rather there are circumstances personal to me that won't allow it. Nine times out of ten, it ends there. They leave me alone and I continue to do what I wanted. If, however, the enforcer has been watching far too much television and my response is not acceptable, I will then calmly and respectfully inform them that I will no longer be a customer and I leave never to return again. In this way, I've been able to figure out who the Karens are that should be boycotted and who the freedom lovers are who should be supported or boycotted, if you want to put it that way. Uh, If a restaurant refuses service because I'm unvaccinated, I I boycott them, but if they decide to serve me, I leave a very large tip. Non-compliance is the way out of this COVID-1984 nightmare, but there's no reason why it can't be done with a smile on your face and love and compassion in your heart. Absolutely. Thank you for that, Dan. I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. If you go into this in a war zone mentality, ah, it's me against the sheeple, ah, I'm going to show them, you're probably going to get the fight that you're looking for. Um, but if you are, if you do it with love and compassion and you... You state what you what what you believe, what you, where you stand. You state it firmly. 
nine times out of ten, people will go along with it. So that is, I mean, that's something to keep in mind. Anyway, I'd be interested to hear other people's experience um, with such things. Uh, number 20 of the Solutions Watch series was Antiganda, where we looked at a positive propaganda that could be spread in various ways. We looked at stickers and posters and other sorts of ways of putting this information out there in the world. And on that note, I will note some recent feedback I received from Zoe, who note that, notes that uh, one thing that we've been doing in my town is buying our sticker-making machines and blank stickers and making small messages to get people to think. Um, for example, quote from Jacinda Ardern, we will continue to be your single source of truth. Or, uh, they fought for your freedom, don't give it away, say no to vaccine passports. Just simple little phrases like that. Uh, we stick them on toilet cubicle doors, changing room doors, fence posts, street light posts, etc. We have also printed huge signs with vaccine info and pre-freedom message, pro-freedom messages, and we stand along the side of the road holding them at rush hour. That's great. That's that's Antiganda at work. Awesome. Hats hats off to you. Thumbs up. Thank you for doing that work. And if again, if there's anyone else uh, that you know of that's doing that kind of work, bring it to our attention, and hopefully we can spotlight it. Um, 21, so the 21st episode of Solutions Watch, posted on June 1st, was how to access the library of Alexandria, Solutions Watch. And this was where, of course, I was talking about the exceptionally simple answer to the question that I get a lot of times. Oh, I'm looking for this extremely rare book. Or, hey, James, have you read this book? I know it's extremely hard to get and it costs several hundred dollars, but it's worth your time. And and often I will reply within about three minutes of receiving that email. Oh, I just found it on archive.org. Here it is. <laughs> and I can read the whole thing without, without paying. Imagine that. So, uh, I, I have heard from people who did not know about that resource, and I did, at that time, I did get several emails from people saying, hey, thank you, you've just saved me hundreds of dollars, etc. Um, on the flip side, I did, I did receive one feedback on that from someone once who evidently is not a listener, at least has not heard uh, my podcast on Steal This Podcast, Please!, and more importantly, has not listened to or watched the video of Kodomo-san's IP Freely <laughs> uh, because he was indignant that, James, how are you promoting this stealing, this theft from the authors of these books? <laughs> Which I'm going to assume means that the person who is writing this email not only has never been to a library, but actually actively protests libraries. How dare you steal these books and give them away to people for weeks at a time? This is unacceptable. <laughs> it's just weird, the the way that people understand certain ideas and concepts, isn't it? Anyway, uh, 22, the 22nd edition of Solutions Watch, Ice Age Farming, where we talked to Christian Westbrook about farming, about growing food, food systems, the attack on food systems that is clearly taking place right now, and more importantly, what can be done about those problems. We talked about the principles of soil husbandry, etc. So uh, I, I think a valuable um, piece of uh, information, and one that does come up in a few of the different responses I received uh, for this particular edition of Solutions Watch. And so I think you'll hear Ice Age Farmer referenced a couple of times in this episode. Uh, Solutions Watch 23 was take a break. And that was me going on vacation saying, hey, you know what? I know this doesn't need to be said. I'm not telling you to go on vacation, but I'm saying sometimes we just need to step away and take a break and relax and 
collect our thoughts. The new world order will still be being constructed tomorrow. You can just relax for a minute and take a little break when you need to for your mental health, uh, etc. So a pretty simple concept and pretty simple presentation. The result of that Solutions Watch from my own personal feedback to that episode was I did. I did take a nice refreshing break and got a chance to collect my thoughts and catch up on some reading and decide, you know what, I'm gonna, Brock, we're going to come back and we're going to do uh, the biggest documentary I've ever done. <laughs> and we're still in the process of that documentary, uh, more in which will be coming shortly. So it was a good break and I'm going to need another one very soon. <laughs> All right, uh, Solutions Watch 24, communicating this info to others, where we talk to Benny Wills about his course, Parhesia, which is helping people to unlock their voice, communicate their ideas broadly and effectively, um, finding ways that people can develop platforms for their, their voices and how to present themselves, etc. Um, a, a useful conversation. Uh, I do note that I, uh, well, actually, I'll I'll note the feedback that I got from Benny um, just this past week. He says, Parhesia has turned into a smashing success, and your volley earlier this year, Solutions Watch, really helped to elevate its relevance. You know you've created a good course when no one wants it to end. As a result of its popularity, I created an ongoing graduate workshop called Barhesia Pro. I had 61 people total sign up for season two. 30 of them were in the workshop advanced tier, and the other 31, the standard tier students, just got the presentations. I also had five one-on-one -on -one deluxe students, all of which have since signed up for Parhesia Pro. I'd say I'm, about half of my total students came from our interview, so thank you. Well, thank you, Benny, for putting this together, and I will note um, that I just... In the past couple of weeks, when I put out that idea about Solutions Watch, about talking about narratives, I did get several people saying, ah, I've got a narrative, you know, James, help me, help me get this narrative out to the people. Um, one person um, specifically was quite adamant that he, I, I, I need to get this out to people. And I said, well, have you talked to Benny Wills yet? And I referred him over to Benny. And he said, thank you, that's a solution. So um, still very relevant for a lot of people, I think. And uh, don't take my word for it. There are testimonials from various students uh, that are up on the web um, that you can watch for yourself. My name is Ann Gibbons. I'm a cartoonist and illustrator. I live in New York City, uh, the belly of the beast these days, and I want to highly recommend Benny Wills' course, Benny and his course, um, Parhesia, for anyone who, like me, has had, found it excruciating that people can't, that I can't talk to people, closest friends and family, how difficult it is to communicate and how confounding it's been. Benny has the finger on, his finger on the pulse of people like us. I took Benny Wills' Parhesia class and it was a great opportunity to be a part of a community of really lovely people from all over the world. And of course, Benny's presentations are super poignant. The workshops are really inspiring. And it was a really great opportunity for me to discover for myself what's holding me back in my communication. So Parhesia just helped me to more clearly form and communicate my thoughts on the fly. I used to walk around with all those thoughts swimming around in my head, feeling like after a conversation, what was up there really never got the chance to come out fully, at least not clearly. 
So Benny's helped me to slow down my thoughts in the moment, to focus on what needs to be said and how it needs to be said. The exercises that we did in the workshops and also his class classes on Tuesday nights and our one-on-ones helped me to figure out how to craft messages and get them in a more condensed form that people might actually want to listen to. Benny's presentations were clear and easy to understand. They were full of ideas that when internalized and put into practice will, without a doubt, improve your self-confidence and make you a more engaging person to speak with. If you are interested in learning more about Parhesia, you can check out the links to those various video testimonials for the full versions of them, or you can, of course, check out the course at the course website. Moving right along, the 25th edition of Solutions Watch in July 13th of 2021 was Teaching Children About Liberty, where you'll remember that we were talking to Connor Boyack about the Tuttle Twins series of children's books, doing exactly that, teaching children about liberty. And uh, I did receive response from several listeners who did confirm that they had gone out and either were readers of the series or had gone out and purchased some for their children. I, of course, I have the couple of two, three books that I I have myself and don't tell, but I did get uh, one more for my kids that I hope will arrive before Christmas. Um, Update wise, people who are listeners to the Lines of Liberty podcast, you might have seen my recent appearance, but you may have also seen uh, Brian on the Electric Liberty Land sub podcast of Lions of Liberty uh, from December 2nd had a noodle, new Tuttle Tunes is Libertizing Adults Via Kids uh, podcast post up where he talks to uh, Connor about the Tuttle, Tune car- the Tuttle Twin cartoon that is now available on ThemTube. Uh, well, I haven't checked it out yet. I would sincerely hope they would consider posting that somewhere else but uh if anyone has checked out that series let me know if it is worth exposing children to and uh, i might do that myself and if it is i might have connor or someone involved with that project back on for a uh, talk about that in the future uh anyway the links to those resources will be in the show notes if you're interested Uh, Speaking of resources, well, how about number 26 of the the Solutions Watch series, Research Tools You Should Know About, where I highlighted some various ideas about how to add certain add-ons and things that are handy, how to download a video, etc. So again, just some simple practical tips, no particular feedback or updates on that to share with you. But Let's move along to Solutions Watch 27 on Fight the Banksters with Cash Friday, where we talk to Catherine Austin Fitz of Solari.com, not only about the going direct reset and CBDCs and all that, but more importantly, what we can do to fight, counteract and fight against that agenda, speaking specifically about the Cash Friday idea um, being forwarded um, by Solari.com. And uh, so we talked about that again. Very, 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 very simple idea. And I had the amusing feedback, I, I believe it was in a comment on CorbettReport.com recently. Why only do this on Fridays? If it's important, why not do it every day? <laughs> well, ding, ding, ding. Yes, that is the idea. <laughs> yes, think about doing it on Friday and pretty soon you'll start doing it throughout the week. Right? Right. Well, anyway, um, so I did solicit and received some response on and update on this uh, from Catherine, who um, not only I would highly recommend her recent interview uh, with Ryan Christian on The Last American Vagabond, where they talked about a number of subjects. She also provided some anecdotes, feedback, and updates about the Cash Friday campaign, but she specifically wrote back to say 
The response to Cash Friday has been consistently positive. People seem to grab hold of it right away. The notion of moving their data and transactions away from the control grid has been resonating since we started this. From what we know, this idea spread the idea spreads through the World Freedom Alliance activists in Europe, some of the children's health defense networks, and then just out on social media. All that said, we have no way of measuring actual change in behavior on the ground, nor have we been trying to track where it goes. That's kind of the point of it, isn't it? Not tracking. The popularity seems to come from the fact that it is easy to do. One of their most popular responses responses is cash every day. We get messages and posts from more people who are just trying to move away from digital as much as possible. Some of the positive responses are small business owners are offering discounts to people who pay with cash. People who use cash are finding it as a way of opening up a conversation about what is going on to uh, going on that lead to productive conversations. It dovetails with local. There is a real hunger for intimacy and getting something done at a local level and creating community. Because this is so simple, it's a place to start. It helps find like-minded people. And it seems to get people moving towards switching their bank accounts and beginning to take more responsibility for their money and where it goes. It breaks the trance. Some of the negatives, a lot of businesses in this area will not take cash, is feedback that uh, is often received, or I'm just one person. It is not important what I do. Uh, One of our subscribers, Solari subscribers in Switzerland, has made up all sorts of cute cards with some of the uh, memes on them to hand out to start the conversation. There's a link if people are interested in more on that. And the video of Augustin Karstens, the uh, executive director or whatever he calls himself of the BIS, um, talking about how we can control, we'll be able to control money and turn it off and on and all this. It continues to be effective in galvanizing people to understand the importance of action. One of the ideas I continue to stress is that the ideal financial system is one that is part digital and part physical. What we are trying to avoid is an all digital system at as that will come with complete central control. I just finished reviewing a great book on currencies in ancient civilizations that offered a chilling reminder of some of the important issues around our transaction systems. And there's a link to that book review. If you're interested, I'll put it in the show notes. So a lot of information there from Catherine, and it's good to hear that people are responding to that. Um, On a very similar and related note, as you will remember, that was at the beginning of that week. And then at the end of that week, on July 31st, I posted the second Solutions Watch episode that week, uh, number 28 on Black Market Fridays, where we were talking about this very, again, very simple idea, I think related to Cash Fridays, but Black Market Fridays, which was the idea of Every Friday, setting aside a day a week, a Friday or whatever it is, to explore the free market and support agorist enterprises and seek out ways of um, paying for transactions that aren't tracked. So cash or precious metals or crypto or whatever it is. Um, And just as a note, that link is still on the sidebar of CorbettReport.com. I don't know if you scroll past it every single day, but if so, it's right there and you can explore to your heart's content. And hopefully make that part of your uh, your um, browsing schedule. All right. So uh, YouTube Pirate Streams was the 29th edition of this series, August 2nd, 2021, where we talked to Ryan Christian of The Last American Vagabond about the pirate stream idea, which is, I still think, is a great little idea for punching through the censorship matrix and basically thumbing your nose at YouTube and saying, hey, I'm still here. So people can watch the conversation for more on what that is and how it operates. And I just realized now as, I, as I'm as i talking here, I 
meant to solicit Ryan's feedback about that. And I know he's still doing it, that that still happens, but I would love to hear some updates about the, you know, what he, uh, the way that plays out and whether he gets response from those pirate streams, etc. And I think a Corbett Report pirate stream is in the offing. I did say at that time, because I was still, I believe, I still had the extras channel at that time. It hadn't been scrubbed yet. So I was saying, well, when it gets scrubbed, I think we'll have to do a pirate stream. So we will have to do a pirate stream. Perhaps a pirate stream viewing party of a certain documentary that should be forthcoming soon. Anyway, I'll I'll be thinking about that, put my cap on, and maybe get Ryan on to uh, to help with that. That might be a project for the new year. Anyway, uh, episode 30 of Solutions Watch was how to meet like-minded people. Uh, obviously a very, 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 very common question in this day and age as people are produce, uh, pursuing solutions and trying to form communities that will hopefully uh, be resistant to the agenda that's coming down. How do you meet people? Well, there were a number of ideas presented in that episode. So again, it might be worth watching or re-watching that episode uh, if you are in that situation, and increasingly so, people finding it more and more dire in certain communities where meeting like-minded people is becoming more and more important. Here are some ways to do that. Um, I did offer a number of different uh, ideas at that time in different websites. One of them was Unjected, which is portrayed generally in the uh, smear jobs by the corporate media as Tinder for anti-vaxxers. But um, as I pointed out at the time, um, yes, there is a dating function to that app, but also just meeting other people is one way that uh, you can go about it. And uh, there is an update to that because uh, there was a lot of problems with getting deleted off the uh, app store and other th such things. Um, uh, so I just got an update on that from Shelby Thompson, who I interviewed in that episode of Solutions Watch. Uh, she says, we were deleted off the App Store in August due to censorship. However, we're pleased to announce that it's available again on Apple Store for download. Um, uh, so you can search for it in the Apple Store. There's, there's a link here to that if you want. Um, their newly designed app has new features and is set to release shortly as well. Um, but perhaps more importantly, you can go to unjected.com or unjectedapp.com um, to access it directly. Uh, I did have some feedback from various people who were having problems with the site at that time. Um, if anyone has any experience with that and has signed up successfully or unsuccessfully, I'm interested in that feedback as well. As I say, there were other websites talked about in that episode. Uh, episode 31 of Solutions Watch was Go Forth and Multiply, which a very important episode, I think, perhaps in some ways, perhaps the most important episode um, that was related to a questions for Corbett that I had posted the week before. So I'll include links to both of those in the show notes uh, in case you want to check that out. But talking about the overpopulation myth and then talking about what we can be, what can be done about the underpopulation crisis, like, oh, I don't know, bringing a new life into the world. Um, so we talked to a number of people about that and uh, I did hear back, uh, I, I've talked, for example, to Tim Kilkenny, Connor Boyack, uh, Benny Wills, and uh, and uh, Whitney Webb about their experiences being parents, some of them very new parents. And as people might know, Whitney Webb, for example, is just now going on baby break, maternity leave, as she prepares to have her second child. Um, so 
still things happening on that front. I did get an update from Tim on this. He said, uh, as I stated in the episode, having a family and raising good kids is the best rebellion, and I've become more and more convinced of that every day since. I recently relocated my family 2,000 miles across the country because I didn't think that the atmosphere and current social structure in Seattle was the best place to raise my kids. So raising good, good kids still does and continues to be a driving force in my life. I'm hoping a little more rural, small-town environment will make their childhoods better, and that will ultimately lead them becoming better people than I am. And that's that's it. That's what this is about. So thank you for that update, Tim. I think I did get an update from Benny about this, but I don't have it in my notes here, so sorry, Benny, if you did send that in. I, I've i been organizing a lot of this feedback over the past couple of days, so sorry if that got shaken out on, in the mix here. But anyway... Um, people. If you uh, want, please wish Whitney best of luck. She's just going to be delivering soon, I think. So um, another one brought into the world. I haven't had the ultimate feedback from that episode yet, which is, James, we're having a baby. Uh, Thank you for spreading that message or something. (laughs) If that ever happens, you have to name your child James. Unless it's a girl, I guess you could call her Corbett. Would that make a good name? I don't know. Anyway, we'll see if I ever get that feedback. Uh, Episode 32 of the Solutions Watch series, research resources you should know about, very much like the research tools. This was, uh, instead of specific add-ons and things for your browser or whatever, this was um, websites and places that have resources that you can make use of, and I went through them um, there. I I also talked about it a bit in my conversation, uh, my most recent conversation on the Unregistered Podcast with... Thaddeus Russell, again, the link will be in the show notes already, so you can check that out if you're interested, but I think that that report speaks for itself. Although, again, I haven't had any feedback that I can think of about any people having learnt of or implied any of those new resources in their research. Um, number 33 of the Solutions Watch series was the Activation Tour, where we talked to uh, Derek Bros and Miriam Gomez of the Conscious Resistance Network to talk about their Activation Tour. That was their Whirlwind 28 City Tour that they were just beginning at the time when we talked. Um, that tour, of course, did take place. And I have this feedback from Derek about it. He says, the Activation Tour was a huge success across the United States. Miriam and I visited 29 cities with an average attendance of 90 people and an audience of 150 in San Francisco, where people already have to show VAX passports. We also volunteered in every city, hosting marches, community garden events, park cleanups, and COVID outreach. The response in every city was overwhelmingly positive. We were able to connect in person with many of the Freedom Cell groups, which have been growing exponentially since March 2020. We met groups who connected via the Freedom Cell network and the Greater Reset and are now buying land together, growing food, pulling their kids out of the school system and building local community. We will absolutely be doing another tour of the U.S. in the spring, summer of 2022. But first, we're going to do a Mexico activation tour starting in February. Speaking of the Freedom Cell Network, we saw the network grow to over 30,000 people from around the world using our website and forming cells on Telegram and others doing it purely offline. I believe 2022 will be the year the network grows to over 50,000 people worldwide and has the potential to reach 100,000. Our next goal is to build the counter-economic job market for those losing their work. We will also continue to work on the building of parallel services, health, education, travel, food, etc., which are desperately needed right now. Awesome. Hats off to you, Derek, and to all the activists out there that are on the ground making this happen rather than just talking about the problems 
out there actually making solutions. This series is to highlight the work of people like that. So uh, thank you, Derek, for that update. Um, Episode 34 of the series, Fighting Vaccine Mandates, September 22nd, 2021 where we were obviously talking about the growing problem of vaccine mandates and health passes and all of this. So uh, an interesting bit of feedback I got from a listener in Vermont. He says, A group of concerned Vermonters in my local area came together last winter at a time when social gatherings of any type were not permitted, in part to create a bit of community and mutual support, but also to form a group with shared, clearly delineated beliefs that include bodily autonomy as a core tenet. We hope that this could be used to better legitimize efforts to invoke religious exemptions to mandates that we expected to soon face. I penned what I thought would be an inclusive statement of faith that the group then agreed to adopt as our defining document. It reads as follows, and this is the Shady Rill New Church Statement of Faith. We believe as a priori truth that consciousness is both central and fundamental to the human experience. We believe that the conscious mind is a sacred expression of divinity. We believe that the conscious mind makes imminent the transcendence of the soul. We believe that the conscious mind possesses free wills, a free will, and this is sacred and central to its nature. We believe that the body is a sacred vessel for the conscious mind. We believe that the conscious mind is an expression of divinity manifesting free will holds divine autonomy in the care and keeping of its vessel. We believe the axiom of non-aggression is the fundamental guiding principle by which our divinity is honored, protected, and cherished. A number of group members and friends have used our statement of faith and sometimes corroborating letters from a member who serves as our pastor to successfully assert vaccine exemption to jobs and schools. One such friend is a professor at the University of Vermont, and another is a nurse at Central Vermont Medical Center. Both of these organizations have a culture that is highly indoctrinated to the NWO agenda, as most of Vermont tends to be. However, when we assert our rights, we have prevailed. Excellent. Well, there you go. There's a there's a template. Hey, there's an idea. I hope other people will see if that, that applies to their own situation and whether they can make use of that. But hats off to you for taking that leap. Um, number 35 of Solutions Watch was Picnic Protests Sweep the World from October 5th of 2021, where we were looking at the picnic protest phenomenon in Europe, in Canada, in other places where it has eventuated where, hey, you need the Vax Pass mandate uh, permission from the government health authorities to in order to enter a restaurant. All right, screw your restaurant. I'm going to eat right here on the street and with a picnic and hey, anyone can come join. That, as I said at the time, that's what real solution and protest looks like in this age. So Hats off to the people doing that. It was only after recording that episode that I realized that such an th- uh, event had taken place in Calgary, my home city of Calgary. I didn't even realize that when I was recording it. But yes, it really is an idea that did sweep the world. I haven't heard of picnic protests taking place. Northern Hemisphere winter. I'm not sure that's uh, necessarily feasible. But at the, any rate, this is the kind of mental switch flip that we need. Uh, as I say, from time to time, we need to flip the switch and realize... You don't need to be going to their restaurants if they are participating in the system. You do not need that. We can find ways of coming together as community. I will have more to say on that in the very near future. Uh, Solutions Watch, number 36. Rico Rings, Farm Shares, and Farmer Bazaar. We talked about the concept of 
Rico or Reco rings, um, as well as farm sharing and uh, Farmer's Bazaar and other ways that people can source uh, food from local sources. And on that note, we had uh, some feedback from a subscriber, Edo, Edo, who writes, one specific solutions watch thing I used is the simple but at the same time seemingly hard to take the step solution to buy things directly from the farmer at his farm with cash, obviously. It felt good to support a local farmer this way. While thinking of ways to find more farmers, I had the idea to make a bumper sticker saying something like, I buy my food at my local farmer. I still need to think of something more creative. I don't know. I think that does the job. Later, I found this website, findfarm.nl, where you can give your location and they show farmers in the area with some details about things like what you can buy and opening hours. I emailed this website with my bumper sticker idea that maybe the farmers you registered there should get these stickers and hand them out to their customers, but they didn't reply. No. Anyway, this is a small thing, but I know many people would like to do this, but they need a little push or just the idea at the right moment to take this step. And if enough people did this, the farmers could survive the land grab from the banks, who, by the way, convinced them to get loans and modernize their farms, only to find that they could not expand because of new regulations. Oops. Excellent. Well, it's good to hear that real on the ground, boots on the ground. This is what it looks like and feels like feedback. So thank you for that, Edo. I, I appreciate you taking those steps and sharing them with us. And some of the things, I think the bumper sticker is a good idea. I think, yeah, I, I hope someone somewhere will implement that so that it does catch on. But at any rate, uh, yes, taking those steps is important and uh, sharing how they go for you is important as well. Uh Episode 37 was the bystander effect. So October 20th of 2021, we talked about the bystander effect, the sim seemingly simple paradox. The more people who are around to help in a given emergency, the less likely that any one individual will actually stop to help. So how do you bypass that? What do you do um, to actually activate people in an emergency and get them to do something? And how can you flip that around and use people's social cues and, oh, should I be doing this, in order to help motivate people to do things. And that, uh, I had a lot of feedback about that episode being a very important episode. In fact, uh, there is a group, cago.fr, um, which I don't really know about, but they took it upon themselves to do a French translation of that episode because they thought it was so important. That French translation is linked up in the show notes of that episode of Solutions Watch. I'll link it up here in the show notes of this episode of Solutions Watch. Uh, also, I, I had a number of pieces of feedback from people who tried my challenge at the end of the bystander effect in various ways. And here's some feedback from subscriber U underscore Jim who writes, uh, regarding the bystander effect, I've had great results from going uh, just going about my day without a mask. I live in a county in Colorado that has an indoor mask mandate, which I ignore. One specific success story was going bowling. My girlfriend and I went to meet a friend, a friend at a bowling alley. Signs for masks were everywhere. We just ignored them and did our thing. No one said a thing about us not wearing a mask. What I noticed is that regardless of whether someone had a drink or not, the people bowling around us all started to remove their masks after 30 minutes or so, including taking them off, for the, off their kids, thank goodness. When we were done, we went to pay, and while our friend did not have a mask on when bowling, he felt compelled to wear one when we paid at the end. He was surprised when we left the building that we did it without any issues. Seemed to have an effect on him. 
All right, so I've heard various iterations of that and some people successful, some people unsuccessful. At any rate, I just like to see people trying and trying to set that example. I think it is important. Uh, the 38th edition of Solutions Watch was How to Disarm Propaganda, where we talked to Mark Crispin Miller, the NYU professor and, of course, the curator of News from Underground, about his specialty, i.e. propaganda, how it functions and how to identify and dissect it and thus disarm it. I thought that was a particularly interesting discussion because obviously it <coughs> relates back to a lot of what I've discussed regarding Propaganda Watch over the years. Um, but flipping that around into the solutions realm, well, what do we do with this? How do we analyze and dissect propaganda so, so that we can disarm it? And then how do we expose it to others? And on that note, I did get some um, feedback on that just this week. Um, from someone who wrote, uh, uh, someone who wrote, from Mark Crispin Miller, who was writing uh, a, a general update to uh, his subscribers about his ongoing situation with New York NYU. As people might remember, and if you don't, you can refer back to our earlier conversation from earlier in the year where we were talking about his con his turmoil with his colleagues at NYU and um, having been essentially forced out of his propaganda course and and uh, he had to sue his colleagues for libel and all of this. Just the craziness. If you want the background on that, please see our earlier conversation. But here's the update on that. Um, Mark Crispin Miller writes, On Wednesday afternoon, that's December 8th, I was informed by Jack Knott, dean of NYU's Steinhardt School, that his office's review of my conduct, carried out at the insistence of my department colleagues last October, finds that my teaching has not violated any of NYU's policies, and therefore that the university will take no further action in my case, as there isn't one. This is, of course, good news, so it may be churlish of me to observe that since they came to that conclusion in the spring, they might have let me know before this week. In any case, this decision is a great relief for two reasons. First, I no longer have to worry that I might be harried any further by the university over this matter anyway. And second, through this formal exculpation, NYU has tacitly disavowed my colleague's slanderous petition to the dean back in October 2020, demanding that he order that review because they argued my conduct in the classroom had violated NYU policy. It was so egregious, they asserted, that it ought to nullify my academic freedom so that I might be duly punished, i.e. fired, for my routine hate speech, attacks on students and others in our community, aggressions and microaggressions and other crimes that I have committed that I have not committed ever at NYU or anywhere else. It is because of these wild lies and my colleagues' refusal to retract them or even to reply to me about them that I am suing them for libel. While we await the judge to rule on their motion to dismiss, filed back in February, I am encouraged that the university appears not to support their drive against me, and I continue to look forward to my vindication as a victory for academic freedom and free speech. Hats off to Mark Crispin Miller for pers persisting in this. I know it's a big ordeal and a big brouhaha, but he is winning, and it is important to highlight those success stories as well. The 39th edition of Solutions Watch was Getting Off the Electrical Grid, where we talked to Bob Anderson about how to build up energy independence through solar and other means. And I did have some feedback on that episode, but I I hope you noticed in my recent conversation with Ernie Hancock on Declare Your Independence, he provided me some direct feedback from someone that he knew about that episode. 
I got an email just yes last night, you know, late, and it was from a guy that watched the video of you interviewing Bob Anderson. Well, he works out at Palo Verde. Ten years ago, you know, 11, 12 years ago, when we were doing the the billboard, the big Ron Paul billboard at the truck stop out in, um, you know, west of uh, Las Vegas, east of L.A., out there, there's a, a Stucky's truck stop that's out there that got refurbed by uh, a couple of brothers, and they had two big, giant billboards. They were like seven, eight telephone poles each. I mean, it was big. They had that, and they were trying to get the campaign to, hey, we can put signs up. Well, the staff, they go, we'll just talk to Ernie. So I went out there. We drove up there, me and a friend, and we looked at it, and we had a tractor trailer out there. They had their sign on the building. They had, we probably did one, two, three, four, five, about six or seven big ass from the freeway signs for Ron Paul Evolution stuff, okay? So we went out there. He saw it on one of the forums, went out there and helped for a day, Saw your video, knew uh, Bob's son that works out Palo Verde, too. Now Bob's retired. And he goes, and he wrote me this big email about how inspired he was by this and everything. And I go, yeah, well, you're going to love this. And I sent him the video that I had made of that. So if you go Ron Paul Billboard on YouTube, it'll come up probably, you know, or Ernest Hancock or something. You'll see that. It was an awesome video. And uh, he got that, and he was telling me about how inspired he was by your videos. You know, he's just like, it's all full circle, man. It always comes around. This is somebody that was inspired by the Levolution, you know, over a decade ago that participated. I go, yeah, and you're out Palo Verde now? Well, guess what? Bob used to distribute our newspapers out there. Guess what you're getting? (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) So that's what's coming. Okay, awesome. Love it. So small world after all. And uh, you never know how these sorts of episodes are going to get out there and reach various people. So uh, let's move on. Solutions Watch number 40, writing a new narrative, December 1st, 2021, where, of course, I hope you remember, it was just a couple weeks ago, I was introducing, or not introducing, <laughs> I was conveying the concept of narrative as the solution, perhaps, the fundamental bedrock of all possible solution, because if we are trapped in the false narratives, then we will fall into the problems, whether we like it or not. So how do we change the narrative? How do we flip the script? How do we start writing our own narratives to create our own reality? It is an exceptionally important subject, and one that I know resonates, because there was a ton of feedback to that. As I say, I've gotten many, many pieces of emails and things from people. Hey, I've got the narrative that will change the world. Great, awesome, get out there and do it. Put it out there every way you can. Anyone who'll listen, awesome, change the world. This is the way to do it. If you need help with that, maybe someone like Benny Wills can help you to shape your narrative in a way that other people will get it. So I'm glad to see that that concept resonates. The, of course, the real question, as always, is, well, how does the rubber meet the road and how do you start putting it out there? One example of a way to put out your own narrative is make your own newspaper. Episode 41 of Solutions Watch, which, of course, was just last week. So we're talking to Ernie about that. And uh, we had some feedback about that already. Um, not only has there been a good response to that, and I've heard from several people who are even thinking of starting their own newspaper or distributing this one. But um, for example, Ian uh, writes in, uh, he was, as I talked about at the time, the Sovereign Independent in Ireland. Ian was part of the crew, the Sovereign Independent boys who were out there 
distributing that paper back in the day, producing it. And he said, uh, I just watched the Solutions Watch episode and was delighted to see you with my newspaper, The Sovereign Independent. I attached the PDF here for you. And uh, if you wish, I can send you a new hard copy. Thank you very much for that offer, Ian. I will not be taking you up on it because I don't want to use your supply, your resources. I'm sure those co hard copies are can be put to better use. I already know the material in them. And I did link up the archive version of those for people who want to check that out. Um, you can read those papers uh, yourself today. Uh, he says, the whole thing we tr was we tried to awaken our brothers and sisters and we used much resources and they were in no way infinite. So as we never recovered enough to make the venture um, sustainable, sorry, uh, we ended up running out of time, money, and indeed friends. <laughs> but we have a new site, theirishsentinel.com, where we share articles and write a few. We have Reality Bites Radio, where we try as amateurs to get information out. Awesome. Glad to hear that. The guys uh, over there in Ireland still kicking around, still doing it. So yes, this is not necessarily going to be a money-making venture. You might be able to find a way to make it into a money-making venture, and if so, hats off to you. But um, at any rate, it's a labor of love, and uh, I think that shows in the end product. So thanks to the Sovereign Independent guys for doing that in that newspaper form format, and now for doing it in the website, podcast, radio show format. Uh, I also heard from a listener in Ontario who writes to say, I thought maybe you could include a physical newspaper from Canada that recently expanded into the USA, druthers.net. Uh, it fits exactly into this topic and shows that real-world solutions are more common than we sometimes assume. Excellent. And finally, uh, I got some feedback from Marty in the UK, who also left a comment in the last episode where he wrote about how I found a copy of the Light newspaper, the Light newspaper, in a local cafe in January this year. It's a fantastic way to share information and was key in spreading the message in those early days, notifying people of stand-in-the-park gatherings, as you also drew attention to, and getting locals together. Communicating via paper offers many advantages, as it can be passed around, left in prominent places, and distributed in a variety of ways. The best recent example I have of the power of the printed word was recently when I moved out of my flat and I used a copy of the light paper to act as an envelope for the keys I posted through the letterbox of the lettings agent last Friday. I received a phone call later that day from an individual working at the estate agents who has been awake for 15 years but had not heard of the light paper and was delighted to read it. We spoke an hour and 20 minutes about all sorts of truth and what is happening locally. Awesome. Great. That's that's it. That's, that's how this functions. It is a great way of meeting like-minded people, if nothing else. So good to see that that idea is already catching on. Hopefully it will spread even further. And that being said, I guess episode 42 is the review episode. So 42 episodes of Solutions Watch this past year. I hope that some of this has been useful to you. That is the intention. And of course, not every solution is going to be applicable to everyone in all situations at all times. And it is not a magic light switch that's going to make your life instantly better. But Little things can add up and can improve your life and change your situation. And that is the point. Focus on what we want rather than the bad things that the bad people are doing to us. Oh, poor us. No, we are agents in this world. We can do things. We act and we can change reality. And that's the point of Solutions Watch. And I will just offer as a final cogitation for any of my alt-media colleagues who might be listening in on this and who might still be listening even at the end of this very long episode, uh, might I suggest, instead of just following the MSM tale and reporting on what the MSM is reporting today, how can 
you change your operations to focus more on what we can do with this information? How can you make solutions more of a focus? Uh, I, I find there are still very, very, very few regular programs like Solutions Watch out there that concentrate solely 100% and only on solutions, activism, what people can do in the world with this information. So hopefully there will be more of that in the new year. There will be much more solution, Solutions Watch and solutions-oriented material from the Corbett Report in 2022. I very much look forward to that. A couple of more things dropping at CorbettReport.com between now and the new year, so I hope you will be ready for them. Get your socks on so that they can be blown off. But on that note, we're going to leave it there for today. Please leave your comments, feedback, things that have or have not worked for you with regards to solutions this past year, what you want to see more of, all of that. Leave it in the comment section of CorbettReport.com, and we will learn our way forward together. That's the point. Having said all that, that's going to do it for today. James Corbett, CorbettReport.com. Um, I was keenly aware in 2007 when I started the website. Part of the reason I started the website is because, hey, we are in the internet era. Things are happening, you know, whatever. Loose change documentary just became the most viral video of all time. Hundreds of millions of views and whatever. All of this stuff was happening. It was so exciting. So I wanted to be part of that and to put my voice out there and reach as many people as possible. And I, I thought of it in that context of reaching into the matrix to pull people out of it. So, okay, I'm, I would never in a million years sign up for a YouTube account, but here I am signing up for a YouTube account because I know it is the way to reach people. So that was, that was essentially the first part of what I guess is, has become my mission. If I have a mission per se, it was to reach out as widely as possible, to cast that net, to, to get this information to as many people as possible. But I think this is the time of consolidation. I, I, I mean, I can't at this point. I, my, my hands have been chopped off metaphorically. So I can't reach out with that, that net um, in the way that I used to. But I don't think that's even necessarily the most fruitful use of my time and energy at this point. The point, if, if there was any point to reaching out and trying to get at this message to as many people as possible, it was to activate them. And to let get them in, in, involved in issues that matter in shaping the world, changing things. I don't just want to talk until I'm blue in the face about, oh, here's what the bad people are doing to you. No, no, no. What do we do with this information? How do we grow a community that will see us through these times? And in a sense, I know this sounds, you know, this can be a... Uh, Pollyannish or whatever, uh, people will take it in a in a in uh, whatever way they will take it. But it is absolutely true that you can we cannot progress and actually create something new in this world until we face the dark times of tyranny mm -hmm. growing. That is when freedom and people who care about that will rise and new things will happen and battles will happen and we will not win every battle and things will look dark and who knows in the end we may not win i don't know all i know is i want to live my life uh, by the principles that i believe in fighting for the things that i actually want in life family community uh, togetherness people with with other people in community living life in beautiful nature that's what i want and I, it, so we have to go through some dark times to get there because unfortunately, as the last hundred years or so of the Western developed liberal democracies have proven, if people are just, you know, have enough beer and popcorn and baseball games and whatever, they'll just sit back and let things happen and things will go to hell. And here we are, we're in hell. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I hope the people who have woken up by this point are looking for ways out of this. And that's, that's ultimately what I see 
this is what I'm interested in at any rate. I don't know what my role is, what my mission. I don't like to speak in such sweeping terms, but I know just personally, I'm motivated and interested in what we can do to actually shape things for the better.